You're listening to Beyond the Headline on the Station of the Year. It's 11 minutes after 5 o'clock. In conversation next with Mpumele Lozigalala, who is a legal analyst. So what exactly was the Public Protector's Office investigating in relation to President Sir Ramaphosa's Parapara saga? An interim report was um, leaked this weekend, clearing him of wrongdoing in the matter. The investigation did not focus on the criminal elements of the issue, but the rules around ethics. However, the findings against Major General Wali Rueda, who is the head of the Presidential Protection Unit, some feel the public protector left Ramaphosa off the hook. But what was the scope of the investigation? Bumelelo Zigalala now joining us on the line. Bumelelo, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. So speak to us about the scope of uh, the public protector and also the powers and limitations that the office of the public protector has when it comes to investigations of this nature. Now, the public protector's office is regulated by the public protector's act and also the rules when it comes to investigation. So they would say anything that can be investigated by a more appropriate, more qualified and more resourced entity would be investigated by it, by that, for example, the police, and anything else which tends to deal with non-compliance the Court of Ethics, for example, would then be dealt with by the public protector's office. So it's always only up to the, the, the first limitation that the public protector found in terms of saying, I can't go and look into the files of the police whether they investigated properly. Secondly, I can't go to the South African Reserve Bank because they're regulated by a separate entity and something which I cannot really go into. But the parliament does have powers to go further than that. The law enforcement agencies do have the powers to go further than that. So based on that, it, it then meant that the report that you are going to get from the public protector is going to be limited to those only findings. However, the, what I think the public protector ought to have done or to add was to then say, let me look at the various contraventions or alleged contraventions in its entirety. Let's not, let, let, let not narrow my investigation and look at it in a wider state. I'm not going to get or look and investigate whether there's any other paid work that was done by the president, but I'll go further. I want to go to instances in which there may be instances of uh, conflicts of interest between these private affairs and the business of, of the country. I'm going to look at instances in which there's improper conduct that has taken place or abuse of the office powers and privileges that I have. And one thing of the situation where his own advisor then went to another country to do an investigation with the police officer. Now, the simple question would be, would you now be able to get that particular privilege of sending someone over to the other country to conduct an investigation on our behalf? The second one is, uh, when a person opens a case, there's something wrong that is taking place or an alleged transgression that is taking place. It's usually the person that has more accurate information or first-hand information. In this case, it's the president that opened the case and not the person who was working with, uh, at the farm at the time. So it does sort of create a certain allegation of a certain abuse of office or certain privileges that have been there. However, the public protection did not choose to concentrate on those ones, which I think is one of the complaints in which that the people who or the stakeholders in this investigation are going to complain about and say, wait, public protector, please look at those things before continuing. Yeah, but but she did look into whether there was any conflict and uh, there couldn't be, she didn't find any conflict of interest and the argument was that um, there was no remuneration that the president received. But the, the nature of the conflict must let me extend it. Now, the mere fact that you have declared something that belongs to you does not mean that you are not going to investigate whether you, you actively or passively participated in it. The next question would be, why would, when a burglary has, has, has taken place, people find prudent that they are led to that a burglary has taken place within your place? 
Yes, because you are the owner, but most importantly, it's the person who was involved or the farm manager that is going to go to the police and report the matter. The next thing that we are going to do as a reasonable president is then say to, to say, I want to make sure that there's a case number, so go and, and open a police uh, case number so that it can be investigated in the normal manner that any other investigation would be handled in, and not in a manner in which way I am going to send my own advisor or my, my advisor is going to go on their own with the South African Police Services official to another country to conduct that part of, that part of investigation. Now, the, the, the conflict of interest comes in an instance where you take resources and powers or privileges that are cool to you by virtue of being the president, and you apply them where you are going to benefit on a personal basis and not on a basis which is in the best interest of South Africans. Now, that's a test and what the public protector ought to investigate and say, Mr. President, please answer these particular questions. I want to see whether uh, I'm going to get the same response. Links to that is the actions that have followed. Do they speak to what you are saying to, or that's, are they saying something else? So the mere declaration that you own the farm, the mere declaration that you do get some financial resources or no financial resources from it, does not mean that you haven't acted in, in, in a way which is contrary to the provisions of the mm-hmm. Constitution. There's another part, and that is around... Okay, so, so when it comes to Chauke, um, the public protector seemingly finds that um, it couldn't be confirmed whether the trip that was undertook, taken by Chauke as well as um, General Rueda at the time, had anything to do um, with the investigation itself. But when it comes to the operation of the farm, the president says that he doesn't get involved in the operation of the farm. There's a uh, there's a Van Veilig there who is the manager of the farm, and then there's the supporting staff, of course, which is available, which is which is at the farm. Just trying to deal here with this issue around whether the president is involved in the operations of the farm. However, though, the president on his own admission says that conversations have been taking place between himself as well as the manager of the farm around, for instance, um, some of um, some of some of the animals that are on the farm, which is quite costly to keep on the farm because of the health issues and the vet and so forth. And he even says to Van Veilig, don't worry, um, I've heard of somebody who is interested in buying. So very soon all of these issues will be sorted out. So what's the limit of determining whether that is actually getting involved in operational stuff? For instance, also when the money arrived on the farm, um, uh, Mr. Ndlovu, who was the manager, spoke to the president about it. You see, that, that's the type of investigation that the public protector ought to have extended to the investigation into, because what you are saying, it's an active participation in the decision-making process of what happened in that particular farm. What is being presented in the report is someone who has said, I'm going to absolve myself from this particular farm, Yes, the ownership may not belong to me, but I'm not going to be involved in the day-to-day, month-to-month, or even quarterly basis in terms of running of the farm. One would expect that the only report that you are going to receive is to say, Mr. President, your farm is doing okay, or Mr. President, your farm is not doing okay, but these are the things which you are going to do in order to improve it. Now, if you are going to go into the extent of engaging in the daily activities, then you are actively involved in the processes in the manner or the operations of the farm. If you're going to be privy to information where people tell you that, no, someone is going to come and buy these animals from, that obviously you're discussing the matter somewhere, somehow. Now, when a certain incident has occurred in your farm, you then go back and say, what would a reasonable person do who is not in the position of the president? He would go to a police station, get a case number, the investigating officer would investigate the matter, and it would end there. 
that person will not be privy or have access to an advisor going to another country with a police official. That person is not going to get all the privileges that the office of the president ought to receive or receives by virtue of them being in, in, in that particular office. That is what the public protector ought to have extended to and not a systematic or technical definition of what it means to, to not receive any remuneration from those particular proceedings. And then on um, General Rueda, there's a finding that's made there um, and how they transgressed the uh, the SEPS Act there. Um, this is now speaking about, about General Rueda as well as the reporting of the case or the non-reporting of the case. So the onus seems to have now shifted to General Rueda that um, in the, the the argument being that the president did actually report the matter, and the president reported the matter um, to um, his head of a protection unit. But then, just quickly, though, on the other end, I remember when when um, the spokesperson of the president had an interview on 702 with John Perlman, and during that interview, and I shared that with our listeners as well, the president's spokesperson had said that the president didn't want to report the matter because he didn't want to scare his neighbours. Which, 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 the, the right person to report the matter is the farm manager because that's the person who was there. Anything which is being said by the evidence when opening up this particular case is hearsay evidence because when you write up David, you simply say, on this particular day, yes, I was here, I discovered that the man was no longer there, or I have footage which we can be able to show this particular individual coming in and walking around. They were not given authority, which I had to be in the property, so they, had, they, were, they were trespassing. So at the end of the day, it's those type of questions that one should then be able to answer as the public protector and say, let me expand a bit on this part of improper conduct. Let me expand a bit on putting myself into, into a position where there will be conflict. In this case, there is conflict. It's a conflict between the interests of the, of the Republic of, of South Africa, the interest of making sure that you don't use your internal resources to suit you only, you use your resources for all of us, and the interest of saying, am I going to engage in this particular activity and give out those instructions because I want what is best for South Africa and what is best for me. The law is very clear. Once you become president of the country, there's no other activity which has any financial gain that you're allowed to do either than that being the president of the country. So if your time is going to be bogged down by selecting whoever is going to buy your, 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 your animals, then it means that you have a shared vision, you have a shared at the discretion yeah. and a shared uh, focus on what is it that it should be doing. And it's a transgression as by our constitution. Mpumelele, just quickly though, um, the argument also that was put forward by the president um, that the public protector has no scope to investigate because um, it has been over two years now since the um, incident took place. What's your take on the public protector's decision to actually go ahead with the investigation, even though there is um, the prescription that says more than two years. When more than two years have lapsed since the incident has taken place, uh, the public protector cannot investigate, but of course she still does have her own um, discretion. The discretion on that would be what, what, what is the time frame? Start, start calculating from the time that I have been away. I think the inclusion of that particular provision was to say mm. you can't uh, 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 file a complaint today and then five years down the line only then the public protector is coming back, which is why they are clear timeline. If the public protector will go to court and seek either condemnation or even to say, uh, please understand where I was coming from. At the end of the day, I was trying to save and make sure that I'm able to do my job as a public protector and make sure that there's no injustice which was taking place. So it's just a technicality that can be overcome. 
similar to what the public sector is saying now in terms of the technicality of saying, let's look at the narrow interpretation of the not receiving any remuneration. It goes further than that. It's something which must be investigated further and say active or passive participation must be considered. Thank you so much for your time. Mpumelelo Zigalala is a legal analyst. 0614-104-107. You can also tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre. And our studio line is 86 2032